Welcome to the Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to be in Mark chapter 2, verses 18 through chapter 3, verse 12. And that large span of verses is a little bit deceiving because actually this covers four sections in my New Testament. And we're not going to cover all four of them, but I wanted to list them and at least mention them so you didn't get the idea that we were skipping over them. Actually, the first three of the four sections are paralleled in the book of Matthew. And they're paralleled almost verbatim. In yesterday's text, we dealt with a passage that is paralleled in Matthew, but there was enough difference for us to kind of talk about. These next three sections, these next three passages, first one is a question about fasting. The second one talks about Jesus as Lord of the Sabbath. The third one talks about Jesus healing a man's withered hand on the Sabbath. Those are almost verbatim in the book of Matthew. We already covered them. So you can catch those three devotions in episode 493, that's the one about fasting, and 503, the one about Jesus being the Lord of the Sabbath, and 504, Jesus healing a withered man's hand on the Sabbath. That's in Matthew chapter 9 and Matthew chapter 12. So now we get to Mark chapter 3, verses 7 through 12. Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea, and a great crowd followed from Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and Idumea and from beyond the Jordan and from around Tyre and Sidon. So this is a great crowd of people, and it's from basically all the regions surrounding Jerusalem and Judea. You remember just a couple days ago in the Daily Dose, there there was a leper who was miraculously cleansed by Jesus. Jesus told him, don't go tell anybody about me, but the guy couldn't help himself. He told everybody and it said hordes of people started to follow him as a result of the word spreading around about Jesus doing all these miracles. Continuing in chapter 3, when the great crowd heard all that he was doing, they came to him and he told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd, lest they crush him, for he had healed many so that all who had diseases pressed around him to touch him. So this is kind of a scary scene, kind of a mob scene and the best way to get out of that way back then is to get on a boat out on the lake where the people can't follow you and throng about you. Sounds kind of frenzied, kind of chaotic, and a bunch of people from all over the place. Verse 11, and whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, you are the son of God. And he strictly ordered them not to make him known. So this is very interesting, these unclean spirits that recognize Jesus. I was thinking, how does an unclean spirit fall down before him? Did a little bit of research on it. These are demons. We've talked about the reality of the spiritual world. Obviously, many people have been demon-possessed who Jesus healed. And these unclean spirits don't refer to kind of spirits wisping around without bodies. This refers to spirits or demons that have attached themselves to a person. So when it says the unclean spirits fell down and worshipped him, it's actually the people who they are attached to fall down and worship him. And not only that, but they cry out, you are the son of God. So they recognize Jesus for who he is. We shouldn't be surprised by this. We've seen this elsewhere in scripture. One passage that John comes to mind is from James in the New Testament. We'll get there later on down the road on the Bible overview. But James says that even demons believe that there's one God. Even demons believe true things about Jesus. And that's what we see right here. It says Jesus strictly ordered them not to make him known. So why wouldn't Jesus want demons to make him known? Well, there might be a couple reasons. One maybe gets to the idea of the messianic secret, which we've talked about before. That is that God has orchestrated all of history to come to the point where 
Christ would come to earth, live the perfect life that he needed to live to satisfy the righteous commandments of God's law, and then die the sinless death that Christ needed to die to pay for the penalty of sin, and then to rise again. This has all been in the works from the beginning of time. And so there's a certain timeline that God, Jesus, is following in terms of, quote unquote, going public with what's really going on here. And so we've seen this before when Jesus heals somebody and tells them not to tell anybody else. It's not because he doesn't eventually want everybody to know who he is. He does. But the timing isn't right. Another reason Jesus might strictly order demons not to make him known is because you can't rely on demons to make him known in a true way. Satan is the father of lies. His demons are no different. And so if you have a bunch of demons running around, quote unquote, making Jesus known, you can be assured that that process is going to be wrought with half-truths and deceptions that do way more harm than good. What's implied here, of course, is that Jesus has authority over demons, which is no surprise, but it is interesting to contemplate in this context. He's speaking directly to unclean spirits. He's commanding them not to make him known, and they have to obey what he commands. Amazing. I want to back up to the notion that these demons correctly identified Jesus as the Son of God. And I want to hit on something I've hit on several times over the last 596 episodes I think we're on right now, and that is that it is possible to know and believe true things about God or about Jesus and still not be saved. These demons recognize that Jesus is the Son of God, but they're demons. If that's possible, then it's certainly possible for people to believe true things about Jesus, that he lived a perfect life, that he died a sinless death, for example, that he was resurrected again, to believe true things about Jesus without ever having put their faith in him. The only way that we receive the righteousness Christ has to offer, the only way that we receive the penalty he paid on the cross for our sin, Mark paid for us, the only way that we're forgiven, grafted into the family of God, given a place in heaven for eternity, is if we have personally received Jesus Christ, personally believed in his name, confessed with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead. It's not enough just to know true things or believe true things about Jesus. We need to make this our own. I was just talking to somebody the other day about my first memory of making my faith my own was sometime back in junior high. Now, was I not a believer before that? I think I was a believer, but there's something that has to happen in our hearts and in our minds where we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ to receive the benefits of salvation that he offers. Do not be counted among those who call Jesus Lord, Lord, but of whom Jesus says, I never knew you. Do not be counted among those who know true things about God, but who never trusted Christ. That, to use today's text, is demonic. Even the demons do that. And it's a good opportunity for us to evaluate if we've truly trusted Christ versus only believed true things about him. Have a good day. The Daily Dose is a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star rating, share with a friend, and prayerfully consider financially supporting our ministry at christiancrusaders.org, where you can also find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast, which is aired on stations around the world since 1936 and where you can listen to our conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. Special thanks to our 2022 Daily Dose sponsor, The Family Leader. God designed three social institutions to shape our lives. 
the family, the church, and government. At The Family Leader, they're bringing all three together to honor God and bless our neighbors. Learn how and join them at thefamilyleader.com. That's thefamilyleader.com. We also want to highlight two ministry partners. First is the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, whose conference videos and schedule events are available at cedarfallsbibleconference.com. And please consider joining us for their 101st annual conference from Saturday, July 30th through Saturday, August 6th in 2022. Second, if you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online Christian mentor, please visit issuesiface.com, which is provided by Power to Change Digital Strategies. Thank you for listening, and may God richly bless you.